Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of All About That Base. Thank you so much for tuning in again. How are you, Sydney? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I feel like it was fun putting out our first episode. Yeah, everyone was so sweet. I have no idea why. I didn't know we were that entertaining. <laughs> I'm like, why do you like us? Like, that's so sweet of you. Yeah, why, why, why do you listen? Like, we're not... <laughs> I'm sure they're just doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. They really didn't want to listen. Yes, they're like, episode two, I'm not listening to. <laughs> Moving on to spring training. Oh, don't don't tell John Heyman that. He'll get very upset. Oh, yeah, he's going to block me if we call it. John was very, very heated about calling it spring training 2.0 summer camp. He wrote a, like, paragraph essay and he's like, by no means is this like camp. Camp is for fun. And it's like, literally, no one asks. Number one. Number two, no one cares. Number three, shut up. John Heyman sounds like he's a freaking blast at parties. He's been leaking news that wasn't right. And now he goes on a rampage about summer camp. I just want to know who hurt you, John. Whatever, John, just get over it. The focus now that everyone is there at spring training is all about the testing yes the players are getting tested every single day i think twice a day every other day every other day hoping that they all just you know take it seriously i know mike trout was sounding really concerned about it just because he does have his first born baby did you see what joe madden said that was very interesting i'll read what joe madden said All right, so Joe Madden's exact quote was, everybody's talking about high risk and those kinds of individuals opting out. To me, the person that should opt out is the one person who does not follow those protocols to a T at any age or any risk. I'm sorry, why? I mean, I I don't mean to be rude, but Joe Madden is a little older. You're in one of the groups that needs to be careful. Why are you saying this after your the literal biggest player in MLB just came out and said that, and you as his manager is not going to back him up? I'm sorry. I feel like the tone of um, Madden's tweet was like, well, if he wants to do that, that's fine, but like, we're going to be playing because this is what we have to do. Am I? Is that what I'm getting correctly? Or Yeah, is there already trouble in paradise over in Anaheim? That's what it sounds like. That whole... Um, in- tweet was just very odd because on the one hand yes yes he was correct because if you feel like you need to opt out you should but just the timing and the tone of his message was so odd and I don't know it seems like just kind of like weird petty it would be interesting if if a guy like Mike Trout ends up you know opting out for example Sean Doolittle has been really vocal about it definitely his wife she came out and people have been totally just attacking them for their decision they decided because his wife is high risk that she's going to move out for the season and she'll live somewhere else so that he can go on and play a troll decided they were going to reply to that loser kick your wife to the curb and play like a man and his wife on a whole rant about it and it honestly makes sense she said we are lucky to be in a position that allows me to move out during the season so sean my health to play but if you think a player considering opting out to protect family is somehow weak or unmanly i invite you to kiss the entirety of my ass have a blessed day honestly he is a queen yeah. yes if you're a manager in mlb you need to stand behind your players and say 
you are talking about the best player in all of MLB and you are not going to back him up. I'm sorry, you're a brand new manager that's not going to show fans like, oh, they're going along and everything. I'd be turned off about on that. I would be like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving on from spring training to opening day, I'm really excited, obviously, to watch the Dodgers, but also there's going to be a matchup between the Yankees and the Nationals, which means it's going to be Cole versus Scherzer or Strasburg. I'm not sure if they decided. I don't know who I'm going to be rooting for. Oh, I'm going to be rooting for the Nationals. No. Well, why would you root for the Yankees? I don't want to root for them either because it's an Astro pitcher. You can't be a Dodger fan and root for the Yankees. No, but I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to, I want the Yankees to win. I don't want the Nationals to win. I don't want to see any kind of happiness. I still have all their social media blocked. Ashley was there for game five of the 2019 NLDS against the Dodgers when the Nationals beat our asses and we lost. So it is very traumatic for Dodger fans to have to see the Nationals. I mean, I'm happy the Nationals won the World Series and not the Astros. Facts. Big facts. I was really yeah i would have jumped <laughs> that's another thing i think about do national fans have room to talk about the cheating and how that affected their game when they won no i don't think so do they i mean i don't i haven't seen any uh, one of my friends is a nats fan and she was talking about like the cheating and stuff and i was just like how can you i mean i get it but like at the same time it's like you weren't deeply affected by it by us <laughs> 2017 Dodger fans. Right. So Trevor Bauer posted a picture today on his Instagram story of him wearing a Roto World shirt that said Houston cheated. Oh, I love it. And it says big in big letters, Trash Town. And it's got a trash can with the World Series trophy on top and says Houston cheated. Honestly, Trevor Bauer is like the perfect troll. He is. Or he's, I feel like he's not even a troll. I used to think he was a troll, but now I'm just like, nah, he's just keeping it real. Like, who would play Trevor Bauer in a film? Oh, it would be the guy from uh, The Real Bros of Simi Valley. Remember with the baby? I've never seen that. What? I know. Okay, that, what? Okay, so this guy's name's Getter. He's a DJ and his real name is Tanner. And he has this friend, Nicoletti, and they make the, they have this show it's it's really super and really funny and one of the scenes of the show is someone brings their baby and the baby is staring at tanner and then tanner's like yo come get your baby like he's trying to like mad dog me or whatever and then everyone's like no it's just a baby and the baby kept staring at him and then like tanner got up and was like yo come get your boy like aubrey huff would be played by i don't think i even know what aubrey huff looks like i just see his twitter profile i just see yeah the that one meme with all the sunglasses. Oh, Tim McGraw would so play Aubrey Huff. I don't know. I don't know what Tim McGraw looks like. She doesn't know what Tim McGraw is because Ashley doesn't have taste in music. Anyways, so that was good entertainment. That was like a fun episode of Dodger Twitter. Okay, here's my here's my TV TV pitch. Okay, so it's called Baseball Twitter After Dark, and we all go into a house like the brother okay and we just do what we just exist we just be ourselves because somebody will kill each other we should take like people from every different part of dodgers yes seriously e call us up we'll do this for you okay 
So moving on to this shortened season, it's only going to be 60 games. And that's definitely going to be crazy because like the Washington Nationals were like, I think they were like last place in their division in like the first couple games. It was crazy. Can you imagine what the Angels could do in 60 games with Mike Trout? Okay, low key but high key. I'm hella scared to play the Angels for our last three, or the Dodgers are playing the Angels for the last three games of the season. And we always lose (laughs) to the Angels. So, like, low key, I'm kind of scared about that. And also, I, people aren't ag- gonna agree with me on this. This is just my opinion, okay? But I think that the teams that have a lot of bullpen depth are gonna do really well. So, like, I think the Blue Jays can get really far in this in sixty games. I really like Asa Lacy. They just signed him, and now they have Ryu. I don't know. I just have a really good vibe about them and the Rays as well. Last year, I remember like thinking wow you know their bullpen is super deep and so I feel like during this 60 game season they're going to be utilizing the bullpen more so I feel like those kinds of teams are really going to benefit I still kind of want to pull through for my Padres I think they have some good pitching depth I can't really remember but they did well they were you know in the top spots I think actually I don't remember I'm being biased because like I love them but I think that with Tatis healthy and Manny with their bullpen which I was impressed with last year I think that they can contend in 60 games not saying that they added anything well they did add Tommy Pham but he I believe he was he has opted out or he has COVID so I'm not sure about that but so basically what it comes down to is the teams that are going to benefit the most are the teams that have deep pitching and a deep roster. And so, obviously, you think Dodgers, Braves, Yankees. Um, and yeah, I think the Rays and the Blue Jays and the Padres are also going to be up there. And Sydney thinks the Angels, but we'll see. We will see. It's going to be exciting to see. We shall see. It's going to be definitely interesting to see what happens. For sure. I'm kind of pulling through for my Padres, not going to lie. No. I can't wait to hear you get ripped apart by Twitter for saying that. I don't care. Okay. For those who follow me on Twitter, for those who know who I am as a human, they know that I love Manny Machado. And Ashley does not care if you roast her on Twitter. She will literally reply to you with a meme of someone yawning yawning i just don't care i don't have time for it me and max we actually had a full-on conversation about manny and how great he is and we also talked about matt kemp and how he was totally robbed of an mvp yeah matt kemp dodger legend matt kemp was signed to a minor league deal with the rockies and so at first that confused me because that same day they said what was it that the minor league they're canceled yes he was signed to a minor league deal with an invitation to summer camp or spring training 2.0 as you would say but it was kind of confusing being that the minor league was minor league season was unfortunately canceled it's called a minor league deal but it's not necessarily like he's being he's on the minor league team like he's still reporting with the major leagues but it was because they didn't want to have to pay him 
the salary of the major leaguers, if that makes sense. And so one of the main reasons why they brought him up was because Ian Desmond actually came out and said that he was opting out of the season. The Rockies came out and said Ian Desmond has decided that he is going to opt out of the season. He wasn't just opting out of the season for coronavirus. He also stated that he was opting out because of some racism in the clubhouse, some sexism in the clubhouse, and so much more than just the coronavirus. He made a detailed letter talking directly to MLB and telling them everything that he needed and everything that was not right. And it struck a chord with a lot of fans and media and players. I mean, I saw so many players resharing and then everything and everything he said was exactly right on. Yeah, I feel like it seems like it was something that a lot of people were thinking, but they weren't saying. And around the same time was when a Dodgers outfielder, Andrew Tolls, who has had a history in the past year with mental health. He was just found um, sleeping behind an airport, um, you know, with no belongings. He's completely homeless. He's been in and out of mental health facilities. His parents have, and the rest of his family have not been in contact with him. And it was a really, really sad situation especially for Dodger fans, just because he did so well in 2017. And we're also looking forward to seeing him come back. And we're kind of just, we've always been kind of aware that he's been having these personal struggles and now seeing them come to light is, it's like, what can we do? Obviously we can't do, you know, you know, we can't do much besides show support and maybe even bring awareness to that, you know, these players are human and that they, experience these kinds of things yeah I think people have a hard time understanding that these players are human and they go through the same struggles that everybody goes through and they have lives outside of baseball you gotta understand that these guys are the same as you and me and everybody they go through the same things they have families they have a lot they're people so when you like tweet out something about how horrible someone is they see that and their family see that. And I'm just like, that's not, a, it, it's hurtful. For sure. And I feel like I'm definitely guilty of that because like I'll be in the middle of a game and I'll like tweet out mad shit about Bumgarner. And I'm like, oh my God, he has a family and children. What if they're on Twitter and they like see my tweets? But they definitely probably have. And I apologize for it. And it's, I feel like it's something mindful going forward. And so now I wanted to share some of my interview that I had with Max. We talked about his job and we talked about Manny Machado for a little bit and a bunch of other fun stuff. So here it is. So how have you been? You said that you're on a 10 hour drive from somewhere. Well, so yesterday, was it? So Friday, I, my dad and I went, we drove 10 hours to uh, Fort Lauderdale. And we just, you know, went to go see his family. And we were there for a few days. My brother, my brother also lives down there with uh, my mom. So saw them and then we drove back. Uh, yes. Yeah, I bet you were tired. When you texted me, I forgot that you were on East Coast time. And I had just woken up at 1030 and I was like, oh my gosh, I woke up so late. And then I realized you woke up later than me. <laughs> I don't usually fall asleep till like 530 and I usually don't wake up till like 1030, 11. Yeah, nice, same. So I just wanted to ask a couple questions. And so you went to school in the East Coast, right? Yeah, I went to school in Boston. Okay, cool. And so can you tell me about what you study there and 
the transition into the job that you got after that? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, so first off, I went to school, uh, Emerson College. Uh, it's in literally the heart of Boston. Like it's like a five minute train ride from Fenway Park. Really great area, love Boston to death. Even as a like a diehard Yankees fan, living in Boston was a dream and I'd rather live there than New York any day of the week. But yeah, it's just, Boston's a little more put together, but I mean, it's got, it's got, obviously it's got its flaws, but I, uh, I went to Emerson uh, to play baseball um, okay. and to study journalism. Oh, um, cool. So you played baseball. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I played, uh, I played three, three out of the four years, uh, out of my four years, my, my junior year, I took, uh, I took that year off to cover the team, like just do some stuff from the newspaper because like I just needed like stuff for my resume and I also had like a internship with a scouting service uh and so that, that carried over from the summer so I also had that on my plane it's like my junior year was really when I started my sports communications minor and one of our professors is Charles Steinberg oh okay Charles Steinberg used to work with the Dodgers uh he still does some, he still does some stuff for the Red Sox he's the president of the Kentucky Red Sox so I interned I interned for him that summer I did social media for them yeah and so from then after the internship I was like okay maybe social media is what I should get into I mean like I already know how to make people how to like get people to look at tweets and stuff like I know how to like market like a team or just a brand or something like that. Uh, and so I went to, I tried to go down that path. Uh, journalism, I mean, kind of like with like what the world is turned into, like it's not really like the best thing to want to like, not just like how yeah. politics has made it as like turned into, but also just the way like how sports departments in a lot of places are being like, yeah. like, like not necessarily like shut down, but like narrowed sure. down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, after so before I was graduating I was applying for social media jobs final I got to like in the final stage of some of some places and they didn't work out and so kind of a bummer at the time and then uh but Emerson the great thing about Emerson is they have something called the Emerson Mafia that's what that's what we call it it's like the alumni organization and the ones for sports especially baseball are really 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 nice and I reached out to my baseball coach my coach gave me um the email of someone uh that worked at current place that i do um and they put me in touch got an interview everything worked out nice. got the job moved into my apartment start had day one and day one was the day that everything shut down yeah <laughs> yeah and i feel like i think that's when we first um connected on twitter because i feel like you're in somewhat of the same position i had also just gotten this job and COVID yeah. ended it almost immediately. But yeah, so I feel like it's really cool how you said that you played baseball for a while and you really were able to like intersect both baseball and journalism and social media. Um, did you find any of that hard to do? So I kind of got lucky uh, with my internships, at least in college, uh, to the point where I kind of got noticed uh, my places like uh, junior, my the one with the scouting service, they uh, they reached out to someone that I would. Uh, so I uh, when I was whenever I would come back home during like winter break and and stuff, and during the summer because I wasn't living full time in Boston until after my sophomore year. And so uh, whenever I would come home, I would train with a bunch of people um, like 
like at a facility where like you would see guys like Clint Frazier come in, like Tyler Stevenson, uh, who's in the Reds organization, like a bunch of guys that are like very like uh, like just like just uh, you. There's a lot of talent there, and there's just yeah. me. Who's so just you were just in the industry. I was there because like uh, yeah, I'm like I would catch bullpen. That's how like I made a lot of the connections that I did with a lot of the players. Uh, but so that's how I got the first internship. The second internship. With the Paw Sox, I was in uh, Steinberg's class, and so he he took a bunch of us uh, who were in his class and brought us in uh, uh, and brought us into brought us into the organization for the summer. That's yeah, that is really lucky. <laughs> um, so, what advice would you give to someone who like wants to like go down the same path, and let's say they're struggling between like. Like what I said, they like are too scared to apply or maybe can you speak to the amount of work that you had to do? And I mean, I know you said you got lucky, but maybe just yeah. about like, yeah, about that kind of stuff about, I don't know, for people who are kind of not as confident in getting those kinds of jobs, what would you say to them? Um, so, I mean, obviously I don't have it, like much real, like actual real world experience because, you know, the pandemic occurred right when I was starting, but what I would, probably my biggest like form of advice would be never to be, never be afraid of, of failure. I mean, that was kind of like what I would, that was like my mindset when I would ever play sports in general, like I just do anything. Like don't be afraid to fail, don't be afraid to get denied. Like it's like that for like everything in life, whether it's like at school or playing sports or jobs or relationships. Like it's never, it's never a bad thing to get told no. You just have to, you just have to make the best of the situation and go different routes. Like, um, and try to, cause I mean, I don't want to get too like religious cause I'm not a religious person, but I always feel like God has like something in, in it always has a plan for everyone. And if it's, if I get if I get told no, we're not interested in you for a job. You move on. You keep applying yourself. You keep making connections. Um, I, I applied this for so many places. I applied for like a like an arena football league, like social media position, like out in like Texas. And like I never like I was never gonna actually go out there probably, but I wanted the experience of just filling out and filling out and filling out all of these like applications and stuff because I mean the more places you you look at it's like what do you like luckily again I got lucky and so I went to school for baseball I didn't have to apply to eight million schools I only applied to one and knew I was getting in but like for applying schools you apply to all these schools and you know you're gonna get denied you're doing it so that you know you never know you never know these things yeah and I feel like when you do something like that that's like outside your comfort zone it only makes you more confident for like the next thing that you are going to try to do absolutely absolutely that's really good advice so can you talk more about um what interested you and in the whole social media and marketing aspect um like it was during those internships you said right is when you started doing that kind of work well i mean i've always i mean or have you always, always been like a... on twitter and stuff so I've had a large following on Twitter since probably my junior year of high school. That's just mm-hmm. the first time I can remember my friends making fun of me for always being on Twitter. Uh-huh. Cause like, I never wanted to actually like continue this whole Twitter thing. I got bored one, uh, uh, like one winter, like winter break. And so I made a Twitter, like when mm-hmm. I was in like my freshman or sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I originally, uh, 
I got easily getting co- contact with like players and coaches because I just wanted mm. and like agents just wanted advice on like just life and stuff and like just like baseball or the industry or something like that it was never like for like my like like future like it was more yeah. just like I was curious and stuff and then because uh, like my I always thought my path was going to be computer programming computer science just because mm. I'm very good at like that kind of stuff yeah and so I, I never thought like journalism or sports I was going to end up working in like maybe like video games like I'd be like working on like video games something like that but yeah. um I guess somewhere between my my sophomore and junior year uh I just got a little bigger like I reached like 10,000 followers um and then I was like, okay, like I had a blog going on. I'm good at like getting people to look at like what I want, to, like what I'm saying. And so I was like, all right, let's see. And then uh, obviously I found Emerson. Emerson has a good, really, really good journalism school. So I went down that path. And then my freshman or sophomore year, I, my freshman year, I really, no, I'm sorry. So my sophomore year, um, I got, I had like, 13 14,000 followers and it was kind of like I was kind of just tweeting about baseball in general yeah. I would break some stories nothing ever really that big like I'm not like a Ken Rosenthal <laughs> like, I was more like just like people who I had relationships Breaking. with and like yeah like I remember uh I broke something with like Melvin Upton Jr. one time like when he signed oh, okay. team, that was cool like it was like oh, nice. not like big players like yeah. it was with, like he's like not like big stuff, but then um, all of a sudden I woke up one morning and I had that check mark next to my name. I was like, all right, this is- this Oh my is God, that's all it took was <laughs> that like- It just, just, just happened. Gave... You don't have to yeah, do- no, it just happened. Yeah, uh, I guess they recognized me as, well, also I had always, so I used to, like, I always get trolled on Twitter. Like, that's just kind of like what comes with like a territory and stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> I had like, like it was around that time I had a bunch of people making like fake accounts of me. Of you? Like, I think yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. It's okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> people people hate me and it's totally fine. But, um, That's funny. Uh, but that I guess was like Twitter was like, all right, maybe we gotta get us to do a check mark because people are impersonating it. Yeah, that's stuff. so. I was like. So I woke up, I was like, all right, like, this is interesting. Like, I don't know what else to do about this. And then, um, and then after going into my junior year, I was introduced to something called Yankees Twitter. And oh, Yankees yeah. Twitter is a scene. And, it is. But I guess I, that was when John Boy was getting big. That was mm-hmm. when, uh, other people were like getting big because of like clipping videos of like highlights and stuff and doing gifts and so I kind of got into that and also would interact with whoever I could in the community because like it's like a good community of people so that's when I went from like 14,000 to like 23,000. Yeah yeah. Now I'm in I do stats research um on the network side and like I guess my success would just be I don't know, just making it in the field. Not necessarily like ever being, I don't want to ever be on TV. I never want to be like that famous. I just want to kind of just go about my life and do what I got to do and be recognized by the people in the industry that I need to be recognized by. Not like, like I don't care about going viral. Like that's not, I'm past that. Like it's, 
it's just I just want to be able to do something where my kids look at me one day they're like oh my dad did something like yeah right. <laughs> just want to do the best about. you can do yeah yeah awesome. yeah yeah I'm not I, I I guess I'm past that point like I, I'm only 23 years old but I'm past the yeah. point where like I want to do something huge in my life I just want to do something where one I'm happy two I feel like I'm making a difference that's so refreshing to hear because I feel like a lot of people are I mean I'm older than you but I feel like a lot of people in their 20s they're like okay I have to like have this master plan and do all this stuff but sometimes like just being the best for, like version of yourself and doing yeah. what you need to do is enough so you you grew up in you didn't grow up in New York so why no what made you become a Yankee fan okay so first off I grew up in Atlanta and okay I went from living in Atlanta to living in Boston to for a couple weeks living in New Jersey and obviously coronavirus so I came back home uh just to be with my dad because you know I'm a good son but um (laughs) but uh so I my dad is from New Jersey he lived there until he was until right after college I believe and then Mm -hmm. he moved down to Georgia to continue uh his dad's family business um, in 1996, he married my mom. He, obviously, 96 was the year, like, the Yankees hold, like, 90s dynasty started. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's like, Derek Jeter broke out, and yeah. Mariano Rivera became Very a thing. Very fun time. Very fun time. I wish that I could actually have been around. But, um, so, <laughs> 96 World Series, the Yankees played the Braves. Mm-hmm. And so... Dang, yeah, okay. Yeah, and so, my mom and my dad went to... Uh, I think it was game. The Yankees had lost the first two games in New York, and then they came back down to Atlanta. And so in game three, they were down in the game like six to one or something like that. I don't remember exactly what. Yeah, I wasn't alive, but I don't remember the score. But uh, <laughs> my mom was getting really nauseous during the game as the Yankees were making their comeback and was like throwing up in like her popcorn bowl. Like it was real <laughs> bad. My dad was like, like, we, like she was like, she was like Daniel, like. Danny can like kind of leave. Can we leave? He's like, he's like, no, it's a World Series game. I've never been like, and I, I would like, I feel bad for any woman I, I marry, but I would be doing the exact same thing to them, like if I was that situation. Yeah, like people would understand like that, like yeah. you're trying your best there. But that was the game where uh, the Yankees ended up winning in extras, uh, and then the next morning, my mom and my dad went to see whatever doctor you see when you're when uh the OBGYN I think that's that's, that's yeah. right right yeah right? Yes. OBGYN yeah I'm terrible at that stuff but um <laughs> they found out that my mom was pregnant with me oh, oh my yeah God. you were gonna you're you're gonna be born you were born yeah you were there yeah yeah I was technically there uh and there. so I was born uh the next uh next June okay and uh, 97 and then 98 the Yankees won 99 Yankees won 2000 Yankees won yeah uh and this was still when you were living in Atlanta though yeah and so my dad kind of brainwashed me from a young age to be a diehard Yankee fan and I Mm -hmm. never wanted it differently so I'm happy with that yeah that's such an interesting story though that it was a Braves and Yankees World Series and yeah. Oh my God. I love that story. How funny. Cool. And then let's see, if you were to be a fan of any other team, who would it be? Be a fan of any other team. Like if you had to. If I had to? Like, yes. Like, or else you would die. Uh, 
else I would die. That's um, that's tough. Um, I guess I could go first. I would say the A's. The A's? Yeah, I like the A's, but I, I yeah, they're a fun team. They got yeah. some likable people on that team for sure. Yeah, um, I, yeah. My follow-up question would be, what jersey would you get? Mine would be Olsen A's. Oh yeah, Matt Olson, hundred percent. I would get Matt Olson jersey. Um, the A's are probably. I, I'm trying to think of the A's or if I would pick like a team like the Brewers or like the Padres. I'm a big Manny Machado fan. I'm a. Oh, are you really? So there's a funny story about that. Um, oh, please tell it to me. <laughs> so my brother and my mom um, went to a Yankees Orioles game um, one year it was either uh yeah it was either yankees orioles or braves orioles it was probably yankees orioles but um but um this was when he was a couple years away from free agency and a lot it would have to be a yankee game because a lot of the yankees fans were giving him crap and my mom my brother were being really nice to him and my brother was really young at the time and like i mean not really young he was like still in high school but um he got a signed ball and i guess um they I guess after the game, since my brother and my mom had like tickets like above the Orioles dugout, um, he went up to them and they got like they, I guess they would stay, my mom and him uh, would stay in contact and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, they were, he was really, he was really sweet. He would, um, he said, he actually, um, when I think it was my sophomore year, um, so this was like the next year. Um, he put aside tickets um, when he was in Boston for me and like one of my friends. And we went to, yeah. And so we went to a, a game, uh, we went to that game and he homered, it was dope. Uh, yeah. And I, and then right after he was traded to the Dodgers, one of, the, one of his first games was in Atlanta. Um, and so when he came, obviously, and I was back home for that, this was, this was right, this was 2018, so this was right before I went back. Um, I went because I was like home for like the weekend, mm-hmm. um, and this was right before I went back to work because um, like we had like like a week off or something like that. The mm-hmm. interns at least did, and we I went and he he put aside tickets for my mom, my brother, and I, and we went to the game. Uh, he was really he was we were talking to him for a while and stuff. It was it was awesome. Um, That's and yeah, amazing. I mean. Yeah, and Machado, uh, when he had free agency, I was like, please, like, I need the Yankees to sign this man. Like, it was close. So badly, and, like, he's kind of, like, he's, like, kind of keeping contact with my mom. Cause- no, yeah, I was a fan of Manny ever since. I forgot what game it was, when, where, but it was, there was, like, a feud between the two teams, and they hit Manny, and Manny just, like, full-on, like, was it the A's? Was it the A's? It wasn't the A's. It was either the Blue Jays or the um, Mar- I Red think Sox. It was- no, it was it was a blue team. I can't remember what it was. I'll have to. I can't remember. Was, Someone- I love man. I love man to death, but that man has been involved in some, some <laughs> bad situations. And so he got into this brawl, and I was just like, I want him on my team. But then after that, I like started because I've always. For years, I have MLB on, and so they're always playing games. So every time I hear that Manny Machado is up, I'm like, oh, let me go look. He's always just, like, so good. And, like, obviously all the other shit he gets himself into definitely overshadows it. But 
I will die on this hill. I think that he's one of like the top players in baseball. I love him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like obviously, like last year wasn't his best year, but uh, well, yeah. I think yeah, he's a lot of fans have given him, and a lot of players just given him like a bad rap when he doesn't deserve it. He's one of the most genuine people out there. He's so nice to people, like. Like and like, if you if you treat this man the way he deserves to be treated, he will do anything for you. So after that, basically, Max and I just went on about Manny Machado, and then our audio cut out, so you guys didn't miss much. Um, but yeah, it was a really awesome interview with Max. So thank you for doing that interview, Max. Thank you for hanging out with us, and thank you for listening to the All About That Base podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter to keep up to date with us when we're not on the podcast. Next week, we have a very special guest, Jessica Kleinschmidt of NBC Sports, and we can't wait for you guys to hear it. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks, guys.